Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Tri Show with Sports Tours International. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Perfect. And over to you. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Inside Tri Show with Sports Tours International and Orion Connect. You might be able to hear that I have come outside again to record the links for the podcast and for this week's show. I'm sort of making the most of the sunshine and the blue skies and just being able to get outside and heck, am I grateful to have a garden at this moment in time. So you're probably going to hear a bit of traffic you're probably going to hear a few birds again you might hear people squeaking or doors opening or whatever but this week we are going to be back in Girona with the lovely David McNamee who is now into week four of lockdown we need to get him some swim cords okay so if anyone can help out with that then please 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 can you get in touch with him directly or with me and we're going to try and sort that out and then I also think that you are going to love this week's interview I think I say that most weeks, don't I? Well, Nikki Spinks was just ace last week, and in a similar vein, I was absolutely buzzing after finishing recording with this week's guest, Claire Danson. I just really, really enjoyed doing the interview, so hopefully you will love listening to it as well. Let me know, all right? Shout out to Stephen Whiston, who has signed up to be a patron of the show. Stephen signed up to be a coffee buddy, which I am so grateful for so thank you very much Stephen and if you like what I do as well and you enjoy listening to the show and you want to help me to be able to bring you the best interviews in triathlon every week then head over to patreon.com forward slash inside tri show and don't forget if you do sign up to be a training buddy then you will get two extra episodes a year I just released one recently with Laura Siddle and Taylor Spivey and Matt Troutman and that is exclusive to Training Buddies. Now I think that I've had a few more races cancelled this week. My favourite one, the latest one to go, Winkle Trout Run, 
has gone so my finisher's trout is going to have to wait another year until 2021 but races do continue to be postponed or cancelled here there and everywhere don't they so you've probably either now got a crazily busy september or october and or or maybe you're already thinking about 2021 well if challenge roth has ever been on your radar then listen up because athletes who had a place for this year have been given the option to roll their entry over to 2021 so that means that it'll be even harder than normal to get a spot for the race next year however show sponsors sports tours international are the official travel partner for europe so they've been given permission by the challenge roth organizers to go on sale with their packages which allow you to buy a guaranteed entry for 2021 Challenge Roth. Now to make things maybe a little bit easier, Sports Stores International have reduced the travel package deposit which they need to guarantee your trip. So it equates to a 25% reduction of the usual deposit and then you pay the remaining balance three months before you travel. So if you've ever even considered challenge roth but you've never been able to get a place then check out sports tours international guaranteed entry with their travel packages all of the details will be in the show notes at helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash claire danson or you can find more information at inside right let's catch up with david McNamee, professional triathlete Two times podium finisher at the Ironman World Championships. Croissant lover, Zwift convert. He's on week four of lockdown in Spain where he lives in an apartment with his girlfriend and they can't get out to exercise. David, we're, we're, this is week four now, isn't it? Uh, yes, this is the start of week four. So here in Spain, they've extended it yet again. So... Now it looks like we'll be in our homes up until April the twenty sixth. Uh, well, how did you feel? Were you you were expecting that? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, just going by like the number of dead each day and stuff, and the trend. It was very likely that it was going to get extended, and yeah. Uh, wasn't a surprise, obviously. That'll be 45 days, I think, all in all, that we'll be indoors for. And, yeah, I suppose that's, yeah, it's a long time to think that I'm only halfway through it. Yeah. Are you still managing, like, to remain positive and, and focus on what you can do? reasonably so yeah I think very much just like focusing on what I can do like now I don't really think about the races and whatsoever because it just seems like just a completely different world to be honest uh, the fact that we'll be back racing again I can't really see it happening for a long time so yeah I just put that to one side and just sort of focus on what I can do on a daily basis what sort of stuff are you doing to when you're not training, like to keep, you know, to keep spirits high? Uh, we've been obviously watching some Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, just sort of, I suppose we're cooking a lot more, less prepared stuff. We very much sort of go and get fruit and vegetables more or less every day now, and sort of 
yeah, just try new recipes and, yeah, just sort of try different things. Is it getting to you now? It does a little bit. I think uh, the majority of the time I'm, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm sort of positive, I focus on what I can do. But there's always, just every so often when something doesn't go quite right or something goes wrong, there's that sort of like excess of emotion for some reason. And that's just me venting some sort of frustration out. And yeah, I suppose, yeah, ultimately it's going to happen. At the end of the day, we're 45 days basically locked inside and you just have to accept that there's going to be high points and there's also going to be a couple of low points along the way. Yeah, and I, I reckon regardless of, um, you know, still here in the UK at this precise moment, we can still, you know, go outside for half an hour or whatever. But I don't know, I, I was in tears on Saturday for like just, I just felt really, really sad and, and lots of things were getting to me. And I think that it's, I guess it's just really normal for emotions to be kind of up and down. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to accept that it's, it doesn't matter how positive you are as a person and sort of how good you believe you are mentally. This situation, it's always going to provide difficulty. And also, yeah, it's going to be a challenge that we hopefully all come out stronger afterwards and that we learn a lot from training wise this week over the past seven days i saw good news and bad news david from from you i saw that your swim cords had snapped my swim cord snapped my treadmill broke i swore a lot but at least i'm doing a lot of cycling <laughs> so so were you doing dave scott's band workout when the swim cord snapped yeah halfway through like midway through the stroke so sort of the band sort of snapped and yeah and again sort of I think I mentioned earlier that sort of there's been a few moments where like there's just been an overreaction. Yeah. And that was one of them. There was a, like a lot of swearing going on and sort of my girlfriend was like, what the hell's happening? And then she was like, well, why don't you tie a knot in it and then get back to work? Which I did. <laughs> <laughs> See, the voice of calm, the voice of calm. So then, so which one, which went first, the treadmill or the swim cords? The treadmill, the treadmill happened sort of the start of last week yeah and then the swim call just happened this morning actually oh nightmare so treadmill completely and utterly defunct Ah, uh, the treadmill is destroyed there was smoke coming from the engine and all sorts so that's destroyed oh. uh yeah so now i sort of do some running on the rooftop and that's about the running training for that now and how how because your balcony was seven meters how big's the rooftop I can do like a 15 second loop. Great. And that's it. So it's, it's enough to keep myself sane. And it was actually very exciting the first time I did it. And the fact that I was sort of almost outdoors exercising. And yeah, it's sort of, there's nothing, I can't really do anything else. So yeah, that's sort of what I do. And there's, are there other people up on the rooftop or can you kind of go in when there's, can you go up there when there's no one else? Ah, uh, so it's just me. So in our block of sort of flats, there's only six flats in it. And the rooftop 
for some reason it's private between my flat and the flat next to us and yeah they don't really care about it so I go up and go for a little run but then sort of the block next to us there's a woman that goes up every day and just like walks around for a couple of hours so we every so often see each other and give each other a friendly wave have you practiced your Catalan out on her? Oh, not not yet. No, we've never actually. It's strange. There's like, I see like a lot of people out in their gardens and stuff now that I've never spoke to, never seen before. But now you just give everybody like a very enthusiastic wave when you see anyone. Totally. Yep. Yeah, they could be completely insane, and you're just like, hi. Yeah, I don't know very much. So it's sort of yeah. And that's when you realise sort of how much you sort of miss uh, just like daily socialising. Yeah, yeah. I think it it is the missing the definitely the the friends and the family just just seeing other people. No, no, no. For sure, I think that sort of obviously it's great sort of having my girlfriend here, but yeah, uh, there's only so much you can talk about when yeah you've lived sort of every minute together for three weeks yeah completely completely so are you going to get another treadmill or is that it now for for treadmill i think that's it there is very little gym equipment available in spain anymore it's all been sort of bought right so no i think i could lose a lot of mental energy trying to sort of source one from somewhere and trying to sort of somehow get it into my apartment Whereas I'd rather just sort of, yeah, go for a little run in the roof and just sort of focus on what I can do still. And then what about the cords? Are they gonna are they gonna last with the uh, with the knot, or do you need more cords? I I think I need to try and saw some more cords, but again I had a look this morning and it's very it's very sort of when I say like there's not much gym equipment left in Spain. That's the like truth. It's just incredible. Uh, but yeah, I'll work something out, and yeah, at the end of the day, I'll be fine. So if someone can get some swim cords to you, that would be amazing. Oh, that, that'd be a delight. That would, yeah, that would be very good. Okay, right. That's going to be the project for this week. Let's see if we can get some swim cords to you. Um, Phil is in then on the on the things that haven't broken, and that is so far your body has not broken. Swift is still working. Swift is still good. I, Phil I, is I in. Did, I did a social Swift. I, we went, I went for a social ride on Swift. It was very exciting. Go on. Uh, Tell us more. Yeah. So my coach organised sort of, yeah, one of these social meetups in Zwift yesterday morning with all the clients and stuff. And yeah, we just did our social Zwift and shared some messages and stuff. And yeah, I never thought, I truly never thought I'd see the day where I'd be excited to go for a virtual social Zwift. You're a new man, David. Indeed, indeed. I, I hope in three, four weeks I can go back to sort of who I used to be. But yeah, for now, it's very much about adapting. And and outdoors, you've been up there as well? I've been up there five times. I got like a special badge for going up five times. Great. Uh, yeah, I raced up. Uh, no, it's sort of, it's been, it's actually been great to use this sort of platform. Just... A, like the social aspect of it. I never thought, again, I'd be saying that about an online, basically, computer game, was that it makes you feel social. And B, it's sort of good to sort of keep the competitive instincts there to do the races and events. 
And have you been riding with other, you know, other pros as well? Yeah, so this is the thing. Like, basically every sort of pro is on it right now. Uh, so, yeah, you sort of end up, everybody signed up for an event, and there's usually like 10, 12 pros sort of in the field. And, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, it's great to see sort of, especially the cyclists, just how good they are. And, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, it's a very different experience, I suppose. And do you find it strange seeing their data files as well? Can you see Can you see a lot of that stuff? Uh, yeah, I th- when you go to, like, sort of race results and stuff, you can see sort of what power they pushed out and stuff like that. So I think it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of very strange just how transparent it is. Mm. And I think also it's great that sort of you see that like a lot of the pro cyclists answering like the questions that people have sort of with regards to like how much training they do a week and stuff. And it's sort of, it feels like very much sort of the cyclists and triathletes, the professionals are sort of really trying to sort of be role models. Mm. I was about to say something unlike the footballers, but maybe I shouldn't say that. Um <laughs> Yeah, God, I don't know what's happening. I, I see football in the news and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, And did, um, yeah, how long would you say you're spending on Swift every day? Uh, last, so last week, because the treadmill broke, I ended up doing like 20 hours in the turbo. Wow. During the week, and probably did like 15, 16 hours in Swift. A mixture of just my own training, but also... I did, I think I did like three races last week. And yeah, it sort of, it helps pass the time very much. And supplies of chamois cream still all right? Indeed, that was, thankfully that, I managed to order some before. That's probably all ran out, to be honest, in Spain as well. We've got a lot of supply issues. Uh, Thankfully things can still get delivered. But yeah, you go into like, uh, sort of the big Spanish sports shops and yeah it's incredible what they've run out of Skipping rope, you do have one you've been skipping, how on earth is that? It's going not too bad, in my head I thought I'd be very good at skipping for some reason the reality is, is that I'm rather average but it lets me sort of do some weight bearing activity on my legs so yeah I'll continue doing it So what's average for you? In my head, I suppose I could do like, you know, like double skips and stuff yes. like that. In my head, I'd be able to do that. Whereas I'm still sort of trying to get into the rhythm of doing a reasonably fast, just normal skipping routine. And how long can you go for without, you know, making an error or a mistake? Uh, it's getting better. The first time it was literally three or four, and then sort of I had to start again which was incredibly frustrating, but I have a lot of time on my hands, so it was fine. And yeah, I don't know. Now, sometimes I can get into like a good... I'm at the point where like sometimes I get into a good rhythm and I feel like I'm doing a lot, but then I mess it up once and then it just keeps on getting messed up and it takes me a long time to get back into the rhythm. That's so true. If anyone else has a skipping rope... um. I don't even know how we used to skip when we were younger. For like, it felt when we were younger, it felt like you could skip for hours. 
other things actually very tiring I found again like I didn't realise how tiring it would be and I've been doing like a lot more gym work for the last three weeks and yeah I think sort of yeah it's something that sort of my training programs always sort of lacked so it's been great to sort of focus on some weaknesses it's honestly skipping is absolutely knackering I think I've worked up from the first time I did it maybe 20 seconds to then 30 and then yesterday I managed to do two minutes and 47 seconds before making a mistake and then I'm like oh my god I'm knackered well I think my problem was like when I started I sort of forgot to breathe <laughs> I know that sounds stupid but I just forgot to breathe so like I'd just be skipping along and then I'd sort of be like <sighs> and then I'd be going again that is it we're going to be skipping experts and obviously you are actually going to be um you'll be first up out to us at some point oh i hope so i think that's my next sort of three-week target to to try and win a zwift event that is it you've got to have those targets in your head and uh vino all good on the vino front david indeed wine is good beer is good this thing like actually yeah eating wise i've eating like super healthy just because we're sort of spending time over cooking meals every day and stuff so that's been really nice and positive so now that sort of yeah the health and nutrition point is all good honestly um, i i love your the the little positive things david no no it's all yeah life could be worse this is the thing at the end of the day your situation could always get worse and that'll come when you run out of magnums as well oh god that'd be a disaster <laughs> that not... would be an absolute disaster especially it's, it's... now that it's, it's getting hotter here in spain right now which is that's usually when i get excited well not excited but like it's nice when it's also in like 20 21 degrees whereas now it's sort of it's nice but it's also annoying and that is when you really actually miss not being outside yeah yeah Ugh, David, I can't wait to hear more about skipping and outdoors and, and the magnums next week. No problem, no problem at all. So if you can help David McNamee, who's going to be on lockdown until the end of April by sourcing him some swim cords, that would be ace. You can get in touch with him, you can get in touch with me at Inside Tri Show on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you've joined the skipping revolution, honestly, let me know how the heck is it going for you i tried again this morning and i managed a minute without stopping i'm just rubbish so i seem to have gone backwards since the weekend and there is plenty of room for improvement i have progressed to wearing trainers the first time i tried it in bare feet and it was fine until it hit my toes and then it really blinking hurt Now, Vesta from show sponsors Orion has laid down the challenge. She messaged me at the weekend saying she'd done seven minutes without stopping. And that was when I was like, right, I'm going to give this a go. And two minutes and 40 seconds, 47, 47 seconds was all I could manage. So I have a long way to go. She also got in touch with me to let me know that Orion have put extra strict safety measures in place and continue to stay open during the coronavirus outbreak. All three services are available. So with Orion Connect, most of their partners continue to help customers and are offering video or phone consultations. And if you're struggling at the moment to get an appointment, understandably, to see a specialist, then get in touch with Orion Connect and they will see what they can do to help. 
with Orion Imaging, they can still accommodate MRI and X-rays and ultrasound. So if you're struggling to get an imaging appointment, then do again get in touch with Orion Connect. And with Orion Develop, they are shifting their events to webinars and they're going to be introducing more topics very soon, both for allied health professionals and the general public. So for more information on any of that, head to orion.co.uk or just click on the link in the show notes. Time for this week's interview. Let me introduce you to Claire Danson. So Claire was on the cusp of becoming a professional triathlete when a routine bike ride would change her life forever. In June 2019, Claire was crowned European age group champion in the 30 to 34 category. Just two months later, she was fighting for her life after colliding with a tractor whilst out cycling. The accident left her paralysed from her tummy button downwards. Claire talks about how the accident has changed her life forever, the emotional roller coaster that she's been on and been through and continues to go on, but also why she is really positive about the future. And if you haven't heard of, of Claire's story, then Claire's sister, Alex Danson, was England hockey captain actually, so field hockey, and Alex herself, quite soon before Claire's crash, had had a head injury too, so for her family it's just been, yeah, one heck of a year. Anyway, here is the interview with Claire Danson. First things first, Claire, how are you? Hi, um, yeah, I'm okay, thank you, yeah, things going really well, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. And you've just been discharged or, or did you discharge yourself how, how does this work yeah, yeah so I did discharge myself um but obviously I had a conversation with the doctors and the nurses um at the hospital uh, and I just said to them you know we, we think that I'll be able to cope at home with obviously unfortunately coronavirus um being quite a risk um not every single one of the doctors said to me yeah we think it's a good idea for you to go so although I I kind of implemented the idea um it was with their full support um that I should leave when I did and what's it been like then the first few days actually being at home and not being in hospital well the first few days there was a lot of um logistics to sort out so with a spinal cord injury uh you need you need quite a few uh things practically so uh for example things like catheters um catheters that you use to go go to the toilet you need those um and actually uh, the nhs is fantastic and they do provide those but you have to set up the delivery so usually when you leave hospital they do all that for you but because i left quite quickly i had to kind of work that out myself um and obviously that was quite high on the priorities list because i need those things um and then i had to register with the gp um and kind of just work out what my new routine for being at home would be um with it being again let's again with it being quite sudden um I hadn't really had a chance to think about it which I was talking to my sister about it we both think actually it was quite a good idea because there was quite a good way of doing it there was no worrying about how we do this and how we do that it was just a case of well we know we can manage let's just go home and kind of work it out as we go um so yeah the first few days was very much logistics and settling into a routine um and I had thought it would be 
really tricky and that lack of care that is there all the time 24 7 suddenly gets taken away you think that's going to be quite a scary a scary thought but actually my sister and my brother-in-law are incredible and it was went really smoothly which was just so nice and really comforting and reassuring oh yeah a hundred like so much so um to, to to know that actually you can cope at home and and you can be independent after such a big thing is just the best feeling what's been the best thing over the past few days would you say um I think the best thing is so when I first left there are a couple of bits Alex had to help me with um but now I just do everything myself um so in terms of uh like myself like worth and and feeling that that's huge for me um to have got to that point where you know I don't need anyone to do anything for me is is just brilliant so when when the accident happened I literally could do nothing for myself so to have gone you know it's only six six and a half months seven months um and I'm fully independent again um I think that's the best feeling that's incredible Um, Claire Oh, thank you. It's well, I've had so much help and so many incredible people along the way helping me. I have the most supportive friends and the most supportive family I think anyone could ever ask for. Um, all the doctors I've seen, um, all the people that, you know, saved my life. It's 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 been a lot of people have put their effort into helping me get to this point. Um so yeah, I'm very lucky with that. That is remarkable. How how did your life changed seven months ago do you know what happened um yeah so I went out um on my bike which I did pretty much every day um I was very dull and I only had a few routes that I did so and the start of my route was always the same um so I must so I was cycling um and I must have done this route hundreds of times um and unfortunately it was the worst case of wrong place wrong time that you could imagine um I came around a corner and and there was a tractor there and there was just nothing I could do so we collided uh and I don't really I remember seeing the tractor I remember pulling over to the side of the road because when you get to the side of the road um on a country lane you get that kind of feeling of unsteadiness on your bike because it's all bumpy and then obviously I got hit I don't remember that um and then I remember uh saying the name Stuart a lot so he was the first person who saved my life. He was the first person on the scene and actually a, a family friend. So I've been best friends with his daughter since I was a baby. So, I mean, poor, poor must have just, it must have been awful to have found me. But um, he was a retired anaesthetist. So he obviously knew how serious it was and cancelled the normal kind of land ambulance and got the air ambulance in. Um, so they were the second part of saving my life. They got me to hospital. And I think they had to revive me a few times on the way. Um, and then when I got to the trauma department in Southampton, um, actually Alex and, and my brother-in-law were already there because they live quite close. They were waiting for me with a team of about 20 people, all different people that needed to be able to check me over, dress my wounds, all that kind of thing. They're all ready to kind of take me in. Um, and I was apparently I was conscious the whole way and talking. I don't remember that. <laughs> um, uh, probably a good thing. It's amazing how your brain blanks these things for you. 
Um, but because I was awake, they said to my family, they let them in kind of one at a time. And they said, we think you should go in and talk to her. And I think it was because they didn't know what was going to happen to me um, at that point. Um, uh, and again, I don't remember that. And then in the end, I think they sedated me because because I was awake and they said, you know, it's the kindest, it was the kindest thing to do. They said that the pain should have knocked me out but in itself, but it hadn't. Um, and then I remember not much else for the next few days. And when I woke up again, I came in and out of consciousness. And every time I woke up, there would be someone by my side, someone in my family who would just say to me, you know, you're in Southampton, you've had a terrible accident. It's going to be okay. We're all here. Um, uh, and then they put me on a ventilator, which obviously is a big topic these days now. Um, and actually makes me think how important it is that people, you know, with Corona do stay at home. You know, ventilators are, are limited. Uh, also even to be honest with you, they're not, they're not something, you know, you don't want to have to be put on a ventilator. They're not pleasant. So if we can stop as many people getting it and needing to go on a ventilator as possible, um, I think that's just the most important thing. Um, bit of a sideline there, but it is yeah. it is important. Um, so you put me on a ventilator. When you're on a ventilator, you can't talk. Uh, so I remember, I remember knowing, knowing that I was paralysed, not quite processing it in my mind. Um, but I I was very aware that. Um, I knew that, that the doctors would come and talk to me and they'd say that I needed operations. And I was, I was very aware that my arm was very badly damaged and the rest of my body was very badly damaged as well as my spinal cord. And they'd explained to me how they needed to operate on my arm. And I remember thinking to myself, if they're going to operate on my arm and my spine, which I knew, I was thinking, I, I need to make sure that my arm works because yeah. if my legs aren't going to work, I need my arms. Um, and, and were, I you, Claire, very... were you aware of? Were you aware that it was in? This may sound like a really stupid question, but yeah, were you aware that your arm was in such a state, and obviously your spine, because you could hear people talking about it, or because could you feel like that your arm was in a bad way? Um, I I, I think it was because people were talking about it, and because I couldn't move, mm. so I couldn't move my arms, I couldn't move my legs, so I think that gave me an awareness. I think. I just knew I was paralyzed just because I just, just knew, I just knew it. Um, so that I knew very quickly and early on, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a mixture of people telling me how seriously my arm was, um, injured and the fact I couldn't move it. Um, but as I say, knowing that I needed to be able to use my arm, um, the only way I could communicate with, uh, people was using a, a letter board, or else they'd go through the letters of the alphabet and I would, I'd squeeze a finger to spell out words. So if I needed to spell and, I'd squeeze a finger when they got to A and then I'd squeeze a finger when they got to N and D. Um, and I, I spelt out to my sister, I, did, I don't care when, I don't care when the operations are, um, but I want the best surgeon. She was like, oh, uh, okay. And she said to the surgeon who was stood there, um, are, you, are, you, are you good? And he was like, yeah, don't worry, she'll be okay. Uh, and then I being me was wasn't happy enough with that and I was like so I wrote I wrote the name Sophie Wallace who is somebody who I actually work for but who's a a upper limb surgeon so she actually operates on arms and, and, and hands and things and Alex was like uh do you do you want me to get 
to check with Sophie that he's good enough. And still the surgeon is stood there. And I was like, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, of course, the answer came back that he was brilliant. And he has been, oh, the most amazing man. Um, Mr. Phillips is his name. And he is, he's become a real family friend. Um, he went above and beyond. And my arm is brilliant. Um he he came in and checked you know checked up on me and he yeah as I say he's become a real family friend. Um, does he, just does he laugh ma- now? Quite. Man. Does he, yeah, he does. Does he laugh at that? The fact that you were questioning whether he was any good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's part of why why we've actually become quite good friends. I think he he um, almost uh, like related to the fact that like knew that actually. I think it, it, it kind of was what drew him to me in terms of, you know, I was so certain from the start what I wanted and, and you know, no, I do need my arm to work. I I need to be able to exercise, so that's what I need. Um, but, yeah, no, he's great. Really great. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And didn't you quite early on as well communicate to Alex again by, by the process you were just describing didn't you communicate the word para-athlete or para-triathlon? Yeah, um, I think that was one of the second things I actually wrote. I think the first thing that I wrote, apparently the first thing I was saying to everyone was sorry. Um, and then I think the second thing that I spelt out was para, para-athlete. Um, like I said, I knew I was paralysed. Um, uh, and I just knew straight away that that would, that would that didn't matter. So long as I could do some kind of para sport, then, you know, that was, I, I kind of accepted that, okay, this has happened to me. Para sport's going to be the way forward. Um, yeah, very early on. Wow. Um, that, isn't that just a, a, like a sign of your strength and determination? <laughs> possibly. I mean, possibly a bit strange in that situation for that to be the one thing you're thinking of. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think I think the power of sport has just given me so much. Um, I, I I don't want to lose that. I think you know communication with people, you know that community spirit, training together, you know dedication, hard, hard work, all the things that sport gives you and and the enjoy it gives you. Um, it's just so important. I think. Can you even begin to describe the? emotions that you've been through over the last seven months and maybe how they've changed as well um yeah uh a real 
multitude of emotions. Um, so, and you're right, they have changed and they've changed for the absolute best, I would say. Um, so initially when I was in intensive care, the, the, it was all, there wasn't really any emotion to be totally honest with you. It was all on kind of trying to stay alive and trying to get through that period. Um, I was actually on ketamine as well, which uh, has a dissociative effect. So kind of wasn't really fully taking on board the extent of being paralyzed at that point. Um, when I came off the ketamine, that it almost felt like someone had told me again. Um, and then was when I kind of started to realize, God, there's going to be a lot to go through here. Um, but then even the next kind of five weeks or so when I was in Southampton, I moved, I moved from ICU in Southampton to the kind of general spinal unit. Even there, I don't think I quite realized the gravity of it. Um, um, because I was still felt I was in hospital and I was trying to get better and that kind of thing. Um, I got transferred from there to the spinal unit in Salisbury. I think that was when I really started to struggle um, mentally with with the impact that this had had. Um, uh, I, I'd get quite upset, particularly when, and I tried, didn't like people to see that, so I got upset a lot on my own when I was in my bed and things. Um, because you almost grieve for everything that you've lost and it it does feel like a huge sense of loss at first you know you can't walk um but not only can you not walk you can't see your friends you can't you can't go and do the things that you love because you can't write I can't, couldn't buy my bike again I couldn't run I couldn't swim there was so much in the list of what I couldn't do you know I couldn't shower for myself I couldn't get myself out of bed I couldn't get dressed and you start that it, it kind of makes you feel, gosh, I'm going to have to be looked after forever. And, and you lose that independence um, alongside with all the other bits of a spinal cord injury that people don't realize. It then it feels like such an enormous thing to cope with at first. And you can't can't quite grasp how you're ever going to manage that. Um, so I'm talking about things like bladder and bowel. So if you have a spinal cord injury, um that your bladder and bowel are affected so you can't usually uh use they, they don't work basically um so you have to learn things like catheterization and that kind of thing and you think at first gosh how am i going to ever learn how to do that uh and then your skin so if you imagine that you're sat down all the time uh you would if you were sat down you probably get a numb bum and you'd move about whereas i don't feel mine so if I'm sat down for too long in one position, uh, you can get pressure sores and that kind of thing. Um, so you have to learn to check your skin at nighttime and things just to check that nothing's developing. Um, and just so many things. Anyway, so so the feeling of like almost feeling a bit desperate at times as to how you're going to cope with that mm. um, was kind of at the start. Um, and then the other feeling that I had was that loss of seeing, of being part of kind of riding with groups and that kind of thing. Um, and the fear that I had a big fear that people would almost forget me, if that makes sense. Like my friends would carry on and I'd just kind of get left. And, and now that was a completely unfounded idea, like completely daft because my friends visited me, text me all the time, spoke to me on the phone. Um, but losing that sense of community that, triathlon gave me 
was quite a big fear I had. Mm. Um, as time went on, though, um, crying in the mornings became a lot less. Uh, I got stronger. I was able to do a lot more. Um, and I started to feel a lot better. Um, and it took a long time, and I don't think I really realised it, but suddenly, like I said, I wasn't crying, and I was... I was being able to do more and, and it was, it was really, it's really the improvement in your situation that really helps. Um, and now I feel really quite, really rather, you know, really quite happy. Um, I am back out of hospital. I'm completely independent. Um, sometimes it's a, blooming pain when you're tired at night and you've got to transfer yourself into bed so you've got to like lift yourself in and then you've got to lift your legs in after you and all, all these things where you think gosh I used to just be able to like fall in bed and it was really nice and I'd be asleep and, and you think oh what a hassle is it <laughs> um, but you know in the scheme of things it's not so bad um, and, and there's still that satisfaction of, well, actually, I can do this myself now. And it used to take me half an hour to get myself into bed. And now it takes me like two minutes. Um, so although it's gone from 30 seconds, if I could just fall in to two minutes getting in and out of my chair, two minutes isn't, isn't so bad. It's not such a chore. And you'll get it down um, further, Claire. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, you see, that's actually another thing. Um, people who other people that have suffered a spinal cord injury are the most incredible people in the world and they generally want to help. Um, and I've made some great friends who are much further along in, in their process of recovery and, and have had their spinal cord injury a lot longer. And the stuff they can do is just so inspiring. You see them and they're just like as quick as doing everything as a normal person and they're lifting themselves, throwing themselves all over the place. Um, but that's really great. I've had those people to inspire me the whole way through. Um, yeah, and now I just feel really content, really happy. Um, I I see my spinal cord injury as a challenge and a positive challenge. Um, it gives me it gives me that same sense of sort of satisfaction and and pride when I achieve something that I found difficult with my injury, as it used to when I did like a hard bike session or a hard running session. Really? Um, yeah, I think I've kind of adjusted my mindset that this is my kind of new life. And actually, I can still achieve things within the limits of what I can now do, um, which is really great. And um, do you sometimes think, yeah. Claire, the things that you used to get worked up about or you used to worry about, and you think now, why did I, why did I waste so much time in in that mindset yeah I think so um I definitely do uh and actually I then recognize it in other people um that I talk to and sometimes people are worrying over things and I I do think to myself oh if only you didn't have to worry about that because actually you know you'd be so much happier if you didn't and and I do think it it does help um it puts a a mark of perspective on things um um, I think there's a big worry in the triathlon world at the moment about missing out on racing or having refunds and that kind of thing. Um, and obviously, it's a difficult one to comment on in a lot of respects because I was planning on doing some triathlons this this season, but um, obviously that's not going to happen. 
but I hadn't paid for any yet. So I suppose it's different. But but I think in terms of worrying about racing, the best thing that we can all do is is do whatever we can to help keep keep the country safe and think, well, you know what, there will be more races next year. Um, I know a lot of people are getting worked up by that at the moment, but I would just advise, try try not to if you can. Look forward to when you will be able to again. Look forward to cherishing every moment that you can get in that swimming pool. Having been through something like this, you know, we will we will get there, we will get through it, um, and it will be there at the end. Have you always been a really, really positive person? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I have um, this kind of deep down belief that everything will be okay, which sounds a bit strange, but um, I think I just, if it's not, it, it will be. You'll go through some really difficult times in life, but you will come out the other end if you just keep going. Um, it's when you give up that, that then, you know, maybe things won't get better. But I do think that, I mean, it's it's a terrible saying, really. But if things aren't if it, if things aren't okay, then you've just not got to the end yet. Like you will, I just yeah, just have like an unfaltering belief that things will be okay, because um, you can make them be okay. And were there moments, especially at the beginning or maybe before Christmas, whereby you did have some of those dark moments too, and you're like, this isn't going to be okay? Or have you always managed to maintain quite a positive outlook on it um I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't get those moments and I think they're totally normal I think everyone gets moments where they think things aren't going to be okay um it's about I think how you deal with those so I'm I was very good and I think I am very good at using the support network that I have um as I said to you I could not have got through this without my family without my friends without the people that I met along the way um the staff members that worked at the spinal unit were incredible. Um, and in those moments where I was worried about whether things would be okay, I talked to people, I talked to my family, I talked to my friends, and they were then able to remind me that it would be okay, um, that I would get there, um, that they weren't going anywhere. Um, so I think, I think, as I say, it's about knowing how to um, deal with those moments when when you are worrying how have your relationships changed with say your sister and your family and then with your friends as well um so i'd say with my i mean i'm really lucky in that we have an incredibly strong family um and an incredibly close family um me and my sister have always been close uh but i would say this has made us even closer. The big thing that it's done for us is it's made us spend more time together. So we've always been close, but with the fast pace of both of our lives before this and before my sister's head injury, um, we we would message each other and speak to each other sometimes. But in that terms of actually seeing each other, it, it wasn't anywhere near as much as we have done recently. Um, and that's a massive positive. And I think it's something that has come that that's come out of this that will be a huge will have a really positive impact uh for the rest of our lives um we will always see each other more um so i think that's a real positive in terms of our relationship um the same the same with my rest of my family i i mean i i lived with my parents before so we were already very close um but i think 
in terms of a whole family unit, it also brought us closer. So my parents actually moved in with my sister and brother-in-law for seven weeks whilst I was in Southampton. Um, my my brother and my nephews, my sister-in-law, have also been amazing. Uh, my nephews who are only four and seven just treat me exactly as they've ever treated me, which is great. Um, so, yeah, in terms of my family, somehow a super close family unit has got even closer. Um, and then my friends have been just superb. They've treated me no differently, but they've made such a difference to my recovery in terms of, you know, they've rung me, they've texted me, they've come to visit me and visitors, they've sent me cards. That contact with the outside world when you're in hospital is invaluable um, to helping you get through it. Um, and it's made me realise how many brilliant people I have in my life um, and how lucky I am to have them. And that it wasn't, you know, I it wasn't, they weren't my friend because I was Claire the triathlete. They were my friend just because I was Claire. Yeah. And did you get messages from, I mean, have you had messages from people around the world who were complete strangers? <laughs> yeah, I have done. Um, you know, that such as it, that, the social media is now it makes that possible um and yeah i have and people say oh i'm from this country and i followed your story and i think you know you're really inspiring and, and that kind of thing um i've had the odd person messaging me that i've been able to help back in return um i've had strangers send me things in hospital which oh, is wow. just you know incredibly kind um the the it, it does make you realise that there are just so many wonderful people in this world. And is there one um, in particular that stands out? Any message in particular? Um, uh, I'm, I, I don't think there's any one in particular that stands out. Um, but for me, the messages that I get where people say that following my story has helped them, and I've had quite a few of those, they are the ones that mean such a lot to me uh, because I feel like I've been able to use my the accident and, and my situation for positive to help to help other people. Um, and that's something that I am really keen going forward to to try and help anyone that I possibly can in, in, in any you know, there doesn't have to be somebody that's had a spinal cord injury. A lot of the feelings associated with it um, transmit through all different if all different uh, parts of lives. Um, so anyone that I can help is a real bonus, as far as I'm concerned. Climb, so you can't see me. We, did, we before we hit record, we did try another way of recording, and then you could um, we could see each other. Um, and now we can't but basically I just have a massive grin on my face because I'm just listening to what you're saying and I'm like this is just it's very um, it's very heartwarming it's very uplifting oh. it's so positive it's it's amazing thank you oh thank you that's that's really kind of you to say um, yeah I think as I say it's 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 a testament to the people I've had around me how I've been able to cope with this um, you know, as, as I said earlier, every single person the whole way through, I can't thank them enough, really. Um, certainly wouldn't be where I am now without them. Were you back in the pool pretty soon, pretty soon on? <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
once I was out of Southampton and I went to the spinal unit, um, I knew there was a pool there that I was allowed to use. And I think the first thing that I asked was, when was I going to be allowed to get in the pool? Um, and I think they were like, seriously, you've just got here and this girl is asking to get in the pool already. Um, but sure enough, my second week of being there, I was in the pool. I still had, so I had to wear a neck brace because I broke my neck as well. So I still had the neck brace on. Um, but they, I, I was able to swim on my back with that on. Um, what did that feel like? Oh, it was incredible. Even though it was kind of like a funny kind of swimming because I had to do this kind of double-armed weird backstroke it's almost like freeing because you're you spend all your time either in a chair or in bed or with something kind of that feels like it's kind of holding you in whereas in the pool it's kind of freeing it feels a lot like it did before um it was it's asked oh, such a great place to be um and i was able to work so eventually they took the collar off and then i swam my back with the collar off and then i went onto my front and i swam with a snorkel and then I, sw- I managed to swim without the snorkel so I ended up swimming kind of you know pretty much properly before I left which was which was great and that felt really good I swam one the, the most I managed to swim before they hauled me out because I just carried on swimming until they stopped me I think I did 1.7k the week before I left which I was really chuffed with that's incredible <laughs> thanks <laughs> that's, that's almost having to kind of learn to swim again in a way yeah yeah it was um and unfortunately it's most disappointing because i had the most amazing kick before (laughs) and now my legs just float along and i'm like oh they were like a little motor Um. (laughs) and you've been you've done a you did a 10k race um before christmas didn't you but then since then you have done 5k on your own am i right in saying that that's it yeah, so the 10K before Christmas, I had a bit of help and a bit of a push around, as well as doing some of it myself. And then the 5K after Christmas, I did completely solo. Oh, my goodness. Um, which was pretty fun. Go on, fill us in. So, <laughs> so, like, uh, what what was it? What is it like? Oh, you know, it was just so good to be back. So I entered um, a race at Dorney Lake uh, by F3 Events, and it was it was a running race. But I messaged them and I said, oh, would it be okay for me to do it in my chair? And they said, yeah, of course. Um, so it was just brilliant because I got to be back in that environment. I got to be back amongst, you know, like-minded people who were all there for their own challenge, whatever that might be, you know, whether they wanted a PB, whether that was the first time they'd done anything like this, um, to be back in that environment again was incredible. And the support I had on the way around, um, the people, um, kind of who ran past me and said, keep going all that kind of thing. Um, I had friends that came members of the old tri- the triathlon club that I'm I'm still in, uh, Precision Race Team, they all made their ride that weekend was to come to watch me. So they all rode out to sea. Um, and yeah, it was it was just amazing. That's fantastic. That's so good. And and what about the strength in your upper arms? Is that I guess you've been working hard at that as well? Uh, yeah. So so much better than it was so after I came out of intensive care I couldn't move either of my arms my right arm in particular needed a lot of work so I couldn't I couldn't even straighten and bend my fingers properly at first um and over the months now um I my the strength of my upper arms is just so much better so um I can you know I can transfer myself in and out of my chair from lift by lifting which I couldn't do before 
Um, and, and as you say, obviously everything is with my arms, so you, you do need that strength. Um, so yeah, my my upper arm, my arms are much stronger. They've still I've still got a way to go before they're anywhere near where I want them to be. But functionally, they're they're doing a really a really good job for me at the moment. <laughs> and I saw a massive grin, Claire, of you having a go on the handbike as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best thing ever. It arrived this week. Um, I got a, a re a reconditioned one. Uh, so, um, but I mean, it's good as new, um, and it's oh, it's amazing. And the best thing is, so one of the things I was a bit worried about was. Like, will I find, because you've only got your arms and obviously your legs are such a big muscle. Will I find some exercise that actually kind of gets my heart rate up? Um, and I'm pleased to be able to tell you that it definitely gets my heart rate up. It's definitely proper exercise. <laughs> um, and that's literally oh, just amazing for me. Um, absolutely love it. Oh, I, honestly, your, your words are infectious. This is brilliant. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. No, honestly, it's um, it, it's it's just fantastic to hear. So, every day now, are you doing a bit on the on the handbike? Uh, yeah. So I do some on the handbike, um, and I'm trying to. I'll try and gradually increase my time. Um, I mean, I'd love to just sit there and do two or three hours all at once, but I'm a little bit sensible, only a little bit. Um, and I think it's probably a good idea to build gradually. Um, and then I also go out on, uh, in my wheelchair for a bit of a wheel. Uh, so I use my allotted allowed time for exercise to go outside and do a bit of a, get some fresh air. Uh, and there's a hill nearby. So I do some hill reps up there as well. Um, so that's kind of, and then I get to do a bit of work in the gym each day as well. Um, so I mean, I'm still working pretty hard getting it to get stronger and get fitter again. Um, but but that's that's what I love to do. So I'm really lucky that I have the opportunity to to do that. Um, you, you yeah. if one of the first things that you said was para athlete is um, uh, would you say is Paris 2024? Is that would that be a, a goal? Um, I mean that would be the absolute dream. Um, if if there was any way that I could compete there. That would, I mean, oh, I can't, I can't tell you how incredible that would be. Um, I'm realistic, though. I think I have a bit of a way to go. Uh, but it, it would be, yeah, it would be it would be something that I would like to do. Um, but I've got to wait and see as I keep getting stronger, whether it's within my capabilities. I think that's the thing. Um, have you been in touch yeah. with uh, Lauren Parker from Australia? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's incredible, like an absolutely incredible lady. Um, um, so I have spoken to her a little bit. I think uh, we were both kind of, uh, we were both very similar in terms of had our accidents on our bikes. Um, I think our level of injury is quite similar as well. Um, but she's been a really lovely person to talk to, um, to talk to someone who really understands what it's like to have to having gone through gone through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and she's amazing i think she she got bronze in the commonwealth the year after her her accident which is just incredible would you say that's almost now she's a bit of a a new role model definitely yeah a hundred percent um i think to have have those people that you can see and look and and see what they've achieved and think well 
you know, if they can do it, then then I can do it as well. Um, um, and I think that kind of person to have to look up to is is another really important part of recovery because you can look at them and remember when you're having those difficult days and think, well, actually, you know, they did it. And it reminds you that as long as you keep going, you'll get there in the end. So true. So, so true. And Claire, what would you say is the biggest thing so far that you've learned about yourself? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think that I can handle difficult situations a lot better than, than I realised. Um, I think that I have... I'm very lucky that I have a huge amount of kind of perseverance and ability to just carry on no matter what's thrown at me. Um, I think that's probably the big one, just that ability to keep going and, and no matter what, I think that's probably, yeah, maybe that. It's not a very good explanation, is it? That's a great explanation. (laughs) it's a brilliant explanation okay (laughs) um claire it has been it's been yeah i've absolutely loved um hearing hearing everything from you talking to you chatting to you um thank you so much for your time and i know now that you're about to go and teach uh yeah so um i i work as a private tutor i kind of did that alongside triathlon uh before my accident and um with the amazing like modern technology that we have um, I'm now kind of Skype, Skype calling or FaceTiming uh, my students to to help them out because obviously schools are closed, um, and but obviously they do still need to learn. So we're we're doing it that way. Um, and actually, I think the younger generation are incredible how they're dealing with with that sudden loss of school because um, it's quite a big deal for them having to learn at home and missing their friends. So. I'm enjoying being a kind of a, a contact that they can use um, for a little bit more normality. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> and it's, if are you still doing or are people doing fundraising for you? Do we need to point people anywhere if they want to contribute to anything? Um, uh, yeah, that's really kind of you. Um, so I have got a um, fundraising page that was set up uh by my brother-in-law um it's on gofundme so i think if you go onto the site and i think you just put in claire dance and then it will come up um and actually that that money has been and just an invaluable that's why i could afford to get the handbike um i have a standing frame i've got a physio plinth coming that equipment to help me carry on with my rehab um it's just you know again another massive thank you to people for for those donations that have been given it's so kind and and make it, it it's an absolute uh makes an abs- such a difference to my life and the things i can do so thank you thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to helen on instagram or twitter at inside try show as you could tell even during the interview i i really fed off her energy and i was just so energized by her positivity now i've put a link to claire's gofundme page just check out the show notes helenmurray.net forward slash inside try show forward slash claire danson and while you are there do sign up to my newsletter i keep you across what's going on in life 
often include a recipe. You probably know by now that I like baking, we like cooking. And the latest recipe was the most delicious chocolate and ginger flapjacks, which, uh, yeah, the tin is rapidly <laughs> rapidly decreasing. I am still doing yoga every morning. We are following yoga with Adrienne at 6.45 a.m. UK time, Monday to Friday. So if you want to join in, none of us are experts. Just get in touch with me and I can send you the Zoom link. It's not a talk session. It's just a really lovely way to start the day when swimming is not an option. And it is a growing little group. Luke Grenfell Shaw, who you might have heard a few episodes back, he is a regular on the yoga mat, as are some other top age groupers as well. And we have all learned that our flexibility is just shocking. So if you want to join in, honestly, no one really cares what anyone else is doing. We are not yogis. It's just a little bit of fun, something different and a new challenge, especially for me. So yeah, do get in touch if you want to be part of that and you'd be most welcome in the little group. Otherwise, all is well, I'd say, in in lockdown world, working hard, doing my charity work for MOVE, supporting the young people who need our help more than ever. So that's keeping me nice and busy. We're getting out for a run when I can, walking on some amazing footpaths on the doorstep and yeah like i said earlier i'm working on my skipping and i'm also working on seeing how long i can do the swim cords for it's not i don't know it's still a work in progress i'd say anyway you've been listening to the inside try show with me helen murray brought to you by sports tours international and orion connect Links to how you can race at Roth in 2021 and get connected to a specialist if you're struggling with injury through Orion Connect are all in the show notes. Plus, do not forget that Inside Tri Show is powered by 33fuel.com, who have just launched a free ebook called The Superhero's Guide to Training and Immune Function. So you can find out all about the immune system and balancing training and immunity. So when you do head over to check that out at 33fuel.com, use the code InsideTry33 for an exclusive discount at checkout on, on their products. So like their all-natural energy bars and their daily greens, which are really good, and their chia energy gels as well. If pick a mix is more your thing and you want a bit of this and you want a bit of that, then you can get 20% off at comfuel.co.uk with the code inside try and one thing before i go that i have just spotted you'll know that we'll be catching up with david on a regular basis at the moment while he is in lockdown in girona and one of his sponsors is hoob now hoob have designed in the space of two weeks a very funky cycle jersey to hammer home the message better in than out i.e stay at home now you can pre-order them for 49.99 and all the money is going to go to the nhs to help everyone affected by the coronavirus so staff volunteers patients so if you do want to go and check that out head over to hoobdesign.com i don't know if by the time you might be listening to this they might have chosen their design already but it looks really really cool Right, I think that really is it for me. So, thank you very much to Claire Danson. Thank you very much to David McNamee. Thank you to you for listening, as always. Complete and utter superstars. Look after yourself. Look after those around you. And I look forward to chatting to you again next week. Take care.
Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.